Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello and welcome back to Band Biographies with me, Tom Austin Morgan, your host, to let you know what's been going on since the last episode went out and what you can expect from the next one. Band Biographies is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of music-based podcasts. Be sure to visit pantheon.com to find a whole host of different types of show on all sorts of music. It's an honour to be placed amongst such brilliant shows. Firstly, I'd like to thank Anton Corky for coming on the show in February to talk about the history of our band, High Frequency, and the recording of our new EP, some songs you may have heard but not like this. It was great to chat with them, to straighten a few things out that I wasn't completely sure on in the timeline, and of course to introduce them to you. In the meantime, you may have noticed a distinct lack of social media happening and episodes being put out. I got quite ill almost through the whole of March and into May. There seemed to be some nasty virus going around as I knew a few people who were ill with something for about 6-8 to eight weeks as well. I think it's down to the amount of extra work I took on since the beginning of the year as well as getting the EP finished while also booking and playing gigs to promote it. I clearly wasn't listening to my body and I was making some decidedly odd decisions in my personal life and as soon as I made the decision to keep the weekends in March free and scale back on even rehearsing with the bands, I crashed. Obviously I had to continue working but it meant that I had to put everything else on hold, including this podcast. If I'd attempted to record anything, I'd have been coughing and spluttering my way through anyway, and no one wants to listen to that. Thank you to the handful of listeners who checked in on me while I was away. I really appreciate it. I'm okay now, and I'm looking forward to getting back on with the podcast. I managed to pick up one more five-star rating with a review from an American listener while I was away, Jesse W. Jackson, who said, I want to be where the bands are. Talk about bands, their music, their journey, their highs in both senses, and their lows. Thanks for that, Jesse. That description's pretty much exactly what it says on the tin, and I'm glad you recognise that and hopefully enjoy the show. It really helps to get these reviews and ratings, not only for my own gratification, but also to help the show get seen by more people who are looking for music podcasts to listen to. Another thing that really helps is if you share the show on your social media, and especially with people that are predisposed to listen to this kind of show, podcasts about music history and interviews with musicians. Anyway, it's been a while, and there's been a fair bit of news to catch up on, so let's get on with it. 
Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Goth rock legends the Sisters of Mercy have announced their first US tour dates in 14 years. 
The tour kicked off at the Fillmore DC in Silver Spring, Maryland on the 10th of May and finishes at the Fillmore Auditorium in Denver, Colorado on the 9th of September. Check out the rest of the dates on their website. Californian ska punks Mad Caddies have announced US tour dates for June, which sees them travel up and down the East Coast beginning on the 14th at the Mohawk in Buffalo, New York, and ending up at the Headlines Music Hall in Louisville, Kentucky on the 28th. The Last Gang and Supervillains will be joining them on select dates. Moby has released a new documentary called Punk Rock Vegan, which explores the intersection between veganism and punk rock. It features interviews with artists including Ian McKay, HR of Bad Brains, Doyle of The Misfits, Steve Ignorance of Crass, Captain Sensible of The Damned, Don Bowles of The Germs, and many more. You can find the 90-minute film on Moby's YouTube channel. It's well worth a watch. UK subs have announced dates for their final full tour of the UK. The shows will take place in September, and tickets are on sale now. The band has decided to only play one-off shows and festival appearances from now on. Yellow Card are going on tour in the US this summer to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Ocean Avenue. This is the band's first tour in over six years and starts at Pier 6 Pavilion in Baltimore, Maryland on the 5th of July and ends at the Levitt Pavilion, Denver, Colorado on the 8th of August. Mayday Parade, Story of the Year, Anne Boleyn and Emo Night Brooklyn are on select dates of this tour. This Wildlife will support on all the dates. Peter Murphy of Bauhaus will front a David Bowie tribute tour in the US, organised by Bowie guitarist Adrian Bellew. The lineup also includes guitarist Royston Langdon from Space Hog, saxophonist Ron Jubler, guitarist Eric Shermerhorn, and Matt McJunkin and Jeff Friedel, both of a perfect circle. Murphy has previously done a Bowie tribute tour with Bauhaus, having famously covered Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. The tour was supposed to happen in April and May, but had to be rescheduled to October and November because Murphy underwent an unexpected medical procedure that prohibited his ability to travel as planned. Apparently he is recovering well, will fully recover, and will be ready to tour the US with the group in the autumn. The tour producers are exploring all options to stage performances in the cities that have been on sale, alongside adding other markets due to popular demand. All tickets will be honoured on the rescheduled dates, their representatives say. Following on the heels of the re-release of the second half of the Danzig catalogue, Glenn Danzig will be re-releasing his two classical LPs, Black Aria 1 and Black Aria 2 via Cleopatra. An exact release date has not been announced, but it looks like they'll be out in the spring or summer. Danzig has also announced US tour dates to celebrate 35 years of his 1988 debut solo album, Danzig. Behemoth, Twin Temple and Midnight will be joining on all dates. A statement released along with the dates reads in part, These will be the only Danzig shows for the foreseeable future, so do not miss this opportunity. The tour starts at the Theatre at Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas on the 25th of August and ends at Byline Bank Aragon Ballroom in Chicago on the 17th of September. 
Weezer has announced US and Canadian tour dates for this summer, starting on the 4th of June at the Orion Amphitheatre in Huntsville, Alabama, and ending at Gallagher Square at Petco Park in San Diego on the 3rd of September. Modest Mouse, Spoon, Future Islands, Joyce Manor, White Reaper and Mama will be joining them on select dates. British punks GBH have announced tour dates for the US to celebrate the 40th anniversary of their second album, City Baby's Revenge. The Chisel and Nice will be joining them on the majority of the dates. The tour started at Punk Rock Bowling in Las Vegas on the 28th of May and finishes at Music Farm in Charleston, South Carolina on the 12th of June. Blink-182 had to postpone the start of their reunion tour in Mexico and South America to 2024 due to drummer Travis Barker injuring his finger and requiring surgery. The drummer dislocated his finger and tore ligaments during a rehearsal session for the reunion tour. Tom DeLonge announced in a video on Instagram the band was set to kick off their tour on March 11th in Tijuana, Mexico and shows were planned for Peru, Argentina, Chile, Colombia, Bogota, Brazil and Mexico throughout March and into April. New dates have yet to be announced. The rest of the extensive world tour is currently taking place as planned. Ska-punk band Less Than Jake is touring Europe this summer to celebrate the 25th anniversary of their third studio album, Hello Rockview. After UK dates at Slam Dunk Festival on the 27th and 28th of May, Less Than Jake travel to Europe where they play venues in Germany, Hungary and Czechia, as well as festival appearances at Slam Dunk Italy, Greenfield Festival Switzerland and rounding off with Hellfest in France and Grass Pop Metal Meeting in Belgium. In July, Less Than Jake returned to the US to tour through to the end of August. The Cure are currently touring North America. It started at Smoothie King Center in New Orleans on the 10th of May and will end at the Miami-Dade Arena on the 1st of July. This will be The Cure's first North American tour since 2016. The Twilight Sad is supporting on all dates. However, The Cure demanded that Ticketmaster refrain from using its dynamic pricing model where, if demand for a certain act is very high during the initial sale period, Ticketmaster raises the ticket price unilaterally. That means depending on when you check out, the price for the same seats may fluctuate between $80 and $300. It is also worth noting that Ticketmaster specifically apportions a number of tickets that go directly to third-party sites before general sale to the public. This also affects demands for tickets. A few years ago, Metallica was forced to admit that they actually received a profit from tickets sold directly to third parties at inflated prices. The Cure were against this practice, so as part of their deal with Ticketmaster, they demanded static ticket prices. It may be worth noting as well that Ticketmaster and Live Nation owns the vast majority of venues that can handle a band of the level of fame of The Cure, and of course all those venues require that Ticketmaster is the ticket selling service. However, when tickets went on sale recently, many fans were shocked to discover that Ticketmaster, instead of using dynamic pricing, simply drastically increased their service fees. For some purchases, $80 tickets had processing fees of over $80, with all of the fees going to Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster and Live Nation, who has been under fire for being a monopoly multiple times, but has always avoided being subdivided, did not issue a statement. But Robert Smith did. He said, I am as sickened as you all are by today's Ticketmaster fees debacle. To be very clear, the artist has no way to limit them. 
I have been asking how they are justified. If I get anything coherent by way of an answer, I will let you all know. Smith later took to Twitter to warn of another ticket scalping method he'd been made aware of, saying, Offering to sell or send account login details to get around TM transfer limitations, any all tickets obtained in this way will be cancelled, and original fees paid on those tickets will not be refunded. Original fees paid on those tickets will be donated to Amnesty International, and the tickets themselves will be resold to fans. This ongoing TM conversation is not taking place in a vacuum. The system that values profit over people is really what needs to be changed. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of this in the end. Amil and the Sniffers have announced Europe and UK tour dates in August and September, and US tour dates for this autumn starting at the Fox Theatre in Oakland, California on the 12th of October, and ending at Roadrunner in Boston, Massachusetts on the 4th of November, with two shows in Japan in September. Bad Cop Bad Cop have just announced June tour dates for the US and Canada, starting at Off-Broadway in St. Louis, Missouri on the 1st, and ending at Redbridge Fest at Pont Rouge, Quebec on the 10th. The last gang will be joining them on the majority of these dates. Bad Cop Bad Cop is currently touring Europe and the UK. Circle Jerks have announced Western US tour dates for this July, starting at the Observatory NP in San Diego on the 14th and ending at Punk in Drublick at Tacoma, Washington on the 23rd. TSOL, Negative Approach and Scowl will be supporting them on select dates. Nora Foster, the wife of John Lydon and mother of Ari Up, the late singer for The Slits, has died five years after being diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. She was 80 years old. In recent years, Lydon has spoken about becoming a devoted carer for Forster as her illness took hold. He told The Times in 2021 that he believes Forster's condition started after the death of Ariane in 2010, saying, A real sadness filled her because that's an inexplicable pain for a mother to lose her daughter. From there on it was small issues like constantly losing keys, and it builds up over time. It happened so gradually, so slowly, that by the time it became definite, it's impossible to trace it through. Nora was formally diagnosed in 2018, and she eventually found it difficult to recognise her husband. After Lydon appeared on the US version of the TV show The Masked Singer in 2021, he told The Guardian, I wanted to see if she guessed, and she did. She said, Johnny, it's you. It was one of the best experiences of my life. How rewarding to hear her talk that way and keep her from switching off. He then wrote what he described as a pensive, personal and universal love song about a holiday they had taken to Hawaii, because that was one memory that stood out in her mind. He tried to enter it as Ireland's entry for this year's Eurovision Song Contest, although it ultimately wasn't selected. Earlier this year, Lydon told the Sunday Times he had been deeply changed by taking care of his wife, and didn't know how he would be able to live without her. It's hideous, so pernicious and vile to watch someone you love just slowly disappear, he said. But their life together had been worth every moment. No joy comes without pain, and boy do I know that now. Back in mid-February in a brief post, Public Image Limited announced that they will release a new album later this year. The band has announced details for their upcoming album, called End of the World. It will be out on the 11th of August and is dedicated to Nora Forster. In a press release, Lydon said, Nora loved the album. She wouldn't have wanted us to postpone it or change any of our plans. 
A video for the new song, Penge, has also been released. Public Image Limited will be touring the UK and Europe throughout September and October. For the first time in 33 years, the sales of new vinyl records surpassed the sales of CDs in terms of physical units sold. According to an RIAA report, 41 million new vinyl records were sold in 2022, and this accounted for about $1.2 billion in sales. In the same year, CDs sold 31 million units. This was the 17th consecutive year that vinyl sales grew, accounting for about 71% of physical music sale revenue. Meanwhile, digital downloads, not streaming, continued to fall, dropping 20% in 2022 to $492 million in sales. Of course, streaming still dominates music revenue. Revenue from streaming, which includes paid subscriptions, ad-supported services, digital and customised radio, social media platforms, digital fitness apps and others, grew 7% to a record high of $13.3 billion and accounted for 84% of total revenue. But good on the vinyl lovers out there. Keep it up. The Misfits were the lineup consisting of Glenn Danzig, Jerry Only, Doyle, AC Slade, and Dave Lombardo have announced three shows. The first is at Mid Florida Credit Union Amphitheatre on the 24th of June. Megadeth and Fear open there. The second is at the Prudential Centre in New Jersey on the 8th of July, where the Gaslight Anthem and Fear will open the show. The third one is on the 15th of July at Talking Stick Amphitheatre in Florida where AFI and Fear will open. Devo are planning to release their first authorised documentary that covers the band's full history. The film will be composed of new interviews and archival footage. It will be called Devo and will be directed by Chris Smith of American movie Fire and Tiger King fame. Director Chris Smith issued a statement, Devo was a huge influence on me. Their approach to music, film, video and art was something I had never seen before and was one of the truly formative artistic influences that showed me there were entirely new ways to look at things. Jesse Michaels and Tim Armstrong of Operation Ivy have formed a new band which was originally called Bad Optics with an X but is now called Doom Regulator which also includes drummer Joey Castillo of Danzig, Circle Jerks and the Bronx and bassist Spencer Pollard of Trash Talk. They say the band has existed since March 2021. Doom Regulator has released one new track called Raid, an old school ska stomper which kicks off the Hellcat Singles Club, a collection of new releases by a variety of bands curated by Tim Armstrong and the Hellcat Records team. However, the song is available on all streaming sites as well. Descendants, Circle Jerks and Adolescents will be playing a run of shows together in the US and Canada in June, starting at the Palace Theatre in St Paul, Minnesota on the 16th and ending at the Fillmore in Detroit, Michigan, as well as, paying <clears throat> as well as playing Punk in Drublick on the weekend of the 24th and 25th in Columbus, Ohio. Descendants have also announced a European and UK tour starting on the 28th of July at Razamataz in Barcelona in Spain and finishing with two UK shows, one at the O2 Academy Bournemouth on the 5th of August and the next day at the O2 Academy in Leicester. The members will be joining them on both dates and Ramonas will be joining them on the Leicester show only. Dead Kennedys have announced a UK and Ireland tour for this May. 
These are the first dates announced since the passing of D.H. Peligro, and the band has dedicated this run of shows to him. A statement released along with the dates reads, The tour was booked last year and out of respect for all of the fans who have already purchased tickets, the band felt they should honour their commitment and move forward with the dates. Santi Guardiola will be playing the drums on the tour which starts on the 5th of May in Southampton and ends on the 20th in Dublin. The cause of death of Dead Kennedy's drummer D.H. Peligro has been announced as a combined effect of fentanyl and heroin, although he was previously diagnosed with cancer. The Kennedy's guitarist East Bay Ray added, My brother D.H. Peligro had his battles. What this TMZ article leaves out is that he was battling cancer and the chemo and radiation treatment had failed to get it all. When the police on the scene called me, they said that it looked like he died from a fall in the bathroom and said that that's usually caused by a stroke or an accidental trip. I told the officer about DH's cancer and his failing health. Now we know more was involved. Peace my brother, I'll be playing for you, DH Power. Alkaline Trio and ex-Blink-182 frontman Max Skeber has announced that he is in a new band called Lectron, along with Atom Willard, Hunter Bergen of AFI, Randy Moore of Spirit World, his Alkaline Trio bandmate Dan Adriano, and Mark DeSalvo. Apparently, the band will be releasing new material on Asian Man Records soon. Flogging Molly are going on tour in the US and Canada this summer with the Bronx playing support on all dates which start at the Mission Ballroom in Denver, Colorado on the 17th of August through to the House of Blues in Orlando, Florida on the 30th of September. Legendary Californian punk band X are also on tour this summer. Squirrel Nut Zippers will join them on select East Coast shows and the English Beat, or just the Beat to us, Save Ferris and Intveld will be joining them on select West Coast shows. The tour starts at the Caverns in Pelham, Tennessee on the 23rd of June and will end at the OC Fair at Costa Mesa, California on the 30th of July. Blink-182 drummer and reality TV star Travis Barker has partnered with canned water company Liquid Death to release an Enema kit inspired by Blink-182's 1999 album Enema of the State. The kit comes with a custom branded bulb and a 19.2 ounce can of Liquid Death signed by Travis. The product also comes with a disclaimer which reads, Enema of the State is a limited edition collectible adult art piece and not intended for use as a real medical device. Enema of the State should never be placed in or near your butthole without consulting a doctor first. Also, you should not place it in or near your friend's butthole without consulting them or their doctor first either. Wise advice. Susie Sue has announced more shows for the UK and Europe this year that join her previously announced European shows and headline festival appearances. Check out the extra dates on her website. Following the reissue of the Crassical collection in 2020 and the reissue of some of the singles released on Crass Records, Crass will reissue its seminal Bullshit Detector series. The compilations featured early and first appearances of many iconic bands, including Chumbawamba, Amabix, Napalm Death, Omega Tribe, Andy T, and many more. The new versions will be out later this year via OLI. Bands that appeared on the original compilations are encouraged to email contact at olirecords.com. I assume that's so you can get your royalties. 
In June, Alice Cooper will re-release two of his band's seminal albums, Killer and School's Out, which are being reissued as two CD and three LP editions. Both records come with previously unreleased live shows from the time period. The albums will be released via Rhino Records. Meanwhile, Alice Cooper The Person has announced that he has finished one new album and is nearly done on a second. One album is tentatively titled Road and features his current touring band. Keep your ears peeled for more on that. Social Distortion will be going on tour in the US and Canada with the Bell Rays starting at Clackman's County Fairground in Canby, Oregon on the 30th of June and finishing at the Rialto Theatre in Tucson, Arizona on the 9th of August. Laura Jane Grace dropped off the remaining tour dates with the Interrupters due to circumstances beyond my control. She said, This is not at all what I want to be happening. I very much wish I could play the shows. I feel like total crap having to drop off. Not cool, not professional. I sincerely apologise to the Interrupters and Frank, Turner, and to you, the ticket holder. The May 11th show in Portland, Maine with the Weekend Friends will still happen, but it has to be rescheduled for a later date. I will update as soon as I know details, which should be later today or tomorrow. Again, I sincerely apologise. No further details have been forthcoming. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees have been announced for this year. Kate Bush, Rage Against the Machine, Missy Elliott, Sheryl Crow, Willie Nelson, George Michael and The Spinners will all be inducted at the ceremony on the 3rd of November, which will take place at the Barclays Centre. The Musical Excellence Award will be going to Shaka Khan, Al Cooper and Bernie Taupin, while the Musical Influence Award will be given to DJ Cool Herc and Link Ray. The Armet Ertigan Award will be given to Don Cornelius. White Stripes, Joy Division and New Order, who were nominated together, Cindy Lauper, Warren Zevon, Soundgarden, A Tribe Called Quest and Iron Maiden were nominated this year, but did not make it in. The Distillers have cancelled their upcoming June shows, which were set to take place in the UK and Europe. A statement released on their Instagram page reads, Hi loves, I am deeply sorry that the planned tour dates in June have to be cancelled. I understand this message will be upsetting and disappointing to many, and you're right to be upset, especially those who have been waiting a long time to see us, and those who have made plans to travel. My personal circumstances have made it impossible for me to go on tour at this time, and after the previous Covid-related postponements, it's not feasible to move these shows again. I know we will tour Europe in the future, sooner than later, but right now I couldn't give you what you deserve, and you deserve the best from me. I hope you can forgive me. Pop punk band Sum 41 is calling it a day. Their statement reads, Being in Sum 41 since 1996 brought some of us the best moments of our lives. We are forever grateful to our fans, both old and new, who have supported us in every way. It's hard to articulate the love and respect we have for all of you, and we wanted you to hear this from us first. Sum 41 will be disbanding. We will still be finishing all our current, upcoming tour dates this year, and we're looking forward to releasing our final album, Heaven and Hell, along with a final worldwide headlining tour to celebrate. Details will be announced as soon as we have them. For now, we look forward to seeing all of you scum fucks on the road, and are excited for what the future will bring for each of us. Thank you for the last 27 years of Sum 41. Man, that makes me feel old that bands like Sum 41 are breaking up after 27 years. 
Rancid will be playing headline shows in the US this year at Citizen's House of Blues in Boston, Massachusetts on September 18th and 19th. Agnostic Front will be joining them on the 18th, and Murphy's Law will be supporting them on the 19th. Grade 2 will be joining them on both nights. Rancid will be touring the UK and Europe in June, and I'll be at the Wembley show. The Hives have announced European tour dates, but not the UK, for this autumn, starting at Karlswerk, Victoria in Cologne, Germany on the 16th of September, and finishing at Rockefeller in Oslo, Norway on the 14th of October. Then they will hop across the Atlantic to begin a US and Canadian tour, starting on the 30th of October at Brooklyn Steel in New York, through to the 14th of November at the Belasco Theatre in California. The Hive's new album, The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons, will be released on August the 11th. Frank Kozik, who has created iconic album artwork and posters for bands like Melvins, Dwarves, The Offspring, Beastie Boys, White Stripes, Nirvana, Sonic Youth, Queens of the Stone Age and many more, has passed away at the age of 61. On his Instagram, Frank's wife Sharon said, We are devastated to inform you that Frank Kozik passed away unexpectedly this past Saturday. Frank was a man larger than himself, an icon in each of the genres he worked in. He dramatically changed every industry he was a part of. He was a creative force of nature. We are so beyond lucky and honoured to have been part of his journey, and he will be missed beyond what words could ever express. He loved his wife, his cats, classic muscle cars, mentoring others, and Disneyland. His forceful presence will be missed by all who knew him. His legacy, like all great masters, will live on through his art and our memories of him. With love, Sharon and the Cats. Dropkick Murphys will be touring the US this autumn with The Interrupters and Jesse Ahern, starting at the Main Savings Amphitheatre in Bangor and ending at the Mountain Health Arena in Huntington, Wyoming. Stiff Little Fingers and Glenn Matlock will be playing a short tour of the UK and Ireland this summer. They'll be playing at Roadmender Northampton on the 19th of July, O2 Academy Oxford on the 30th, Cypress Avenue in Cork on the 17th of August, and the Academy in Dublin on the 18th. Andy Rourke, bassist in The Smiths, has passed away at 59. His death followed a lengthy illness with pancreatic cancer. Following the breakup of The Smiths, Rourke played with many other groups, including Peter Hook's Free Bass, Sinead O'Connor, and The Pretenders. The Toy Dolls are celebrating their 40th anniversary. A short run of shows kicks off at the Arena Recoleta in Chile on the 8th of September and ends up at Aguito in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Foo Fighters have unveiled their new touring drummer following the death of Taylor Hawkins last year. In a live stream on Sunday the 21st of May, the band announced that Josh Fries, a longtime friend of singer Dave Grohl, will join them on their forthcoming world tour. Freese has played for loads of acts, including Dweezil Zappa, Suicidal Tendencies, Devo, Danny Elfman, Meredith Brooks, Mike Ness and Social Distortion, New Radicals, Guns N' Roses, Chris Cornell, A Perfect Circle, Puddle of Mud, Rob Zombie, Avril Lavigne, The Offspring, Evanescence, Good Charlotte, Ween, Queens of the Stone Age and the Desert Sessions, Static X, The Dwarves, Kelly Clarkson, the Calling, Sting, Nine Inch Nails, Miley Cyrus, Gavin Rossdale, Katy Perry, Selena Gomez, Michael Bublé, Weezer, Slash, Melissa Alftamar, 
Joe Cocker, Ricky Martin, Bruce Springsteen, as well as with his own punk band, The Vandals, and his own solo music. This guy's a workaholic. Freese's first show with Foo Fighters took place in New Hampshire on the 24th of May, the opening leg of a global tour that will run until the autumn. It will be the first time the band has performed live since their two memorial concerts for Hawkins last September, at which Freese played a number of songs with the band using Hawkins' actual kit. Algie Ward has passed away at the age of 63. He played bass in The Dan from 1979 to 1980, and appearing on the seminal Machine Gun Etiquette album. Before The Damned, Ward played in The Saints, and appeared on their second and third albums. After The Damned, he formed Tank, who were part of the new wave of British heavy metal movement. Another obituary, Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, has passed away at the age of 83 after a long bout of illnesses at her home in Switzerland. Turner was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, once with Ike Turner in 1991, and again as a solo artist in her own right in 2021. She went on to release 10 solo albums, the last of which was 1999's 24-7, and had retired from music in 2007. Less Than Jake and Bowling for Soup have announced a co-headlining UK tour between the 16th and 24th of February 2024. Vandolias will be joining them on all dates. Lagwagon have postponed their Canadian tour due to a medical emergency. The band released a statement that reads, We are devastated to have to postpone our Canadian tour dates. Unfortunately, Joey requires immediate surgery and won't be back on his feet for several weeks. Our team is currently working on a plan for us to return in 2023, and we will have those dates soon. Please contact your point of purchase promoter for further details. Thank you very much to our amazing fans in Canada for your understanding. The band has since announced tour dates for Australia and New Zealand between the 26th of October and the 5th of November, where they will play a fan-created setlist. And most recently, Steve Ignorant of Crass has announced US shows for this autumn. He and his band will be performing a set of Crass songs on all the dates, with support from the HRS Collective and All Torn Up. He also announced three UK shows for 2024. Check them out on his website. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And now for some reviews. Again, because it's been about four months, there are loads of these. Firstly, on the singles front, hot off the heels of last year's album The End So Far, Slipknot released a new single at the beginning of February called Bone Church, and it's as close to a sea shanty as you'll ever get from these metal beer moths. 
It's a bit of a slow burner, but it's an interesting listen. My band, High Frequency, released some songs you may have heard, but not like this. Obviously, Ant, Corky and I spoke at length about our first new recording in over a decade, and the listener numbers have been staggering, so thank you very, very much if you've given it a listen. We really appreciate it. Scottish synth-pop act Churches have released another neon-drenched slice of goodness called Over. I do love that band. Looking forward to the new album, if there is one. Celtic Punk's Flogging Molly released Till the Anarchy's Restored, which is more of a mournful lament than a rabble-rousing anarchic anthem, but that's what I like about Flogging Molly. They make really beautiful folk music as well as the more up-tempo punky stuff. The single also features live versions of two of their biggest, most raucous songs, Drunken Lullabies and What's Left of the Flag. As mentioned in the news, Operation Ivy's Tim Armstrong and Jesse Michaels have played together recently for the first time in years, and now have set up a new band with drummer Joey Castillo and Spencer Pollard on bass called Doom Regulator, and released a single called Raid. It's a real slice of authentic sounding Jamaican reggae music with a punk delivery. I can't wait to hear more from them in the future. Welsh rockers Skindred have released three more songs from their upcoming album Smile. Set Phases is a ragga metal drum and bass mashup that's sure to get the mosh pits started at shows this year. If I Could is a song about heartache which sees frontman and force of nature Benji Webb pinball between sweetly sung clean vocals to his trademark ragga metal delivery. Most recently, L-O-V-E, smile please in parentheses, is a sun-drenched reggae summer anthem about positivity and love. This band just does everything. 80s folk new wave band Dexys Midnight Runners are now going by the name Dexys and have released two songs from an album that will be released on the 28th of July. The first song, I'm Going To Get Free, is a jaunty little piano and horn-led number with Kevin Rowland's unique warbling delivery which got me quite excited. But that was all dashed with the title track The Feminine Divine which sees the group treading into trip-hop territory with Rowland seemingly writing a four and a half minute missive about how his views on women have changed over the years. It's really quite cringy to listen to and sounds like he's been forced to write a song like this or be cancelled. It's just bad. Go and give it a listen and report back. Hot Milk are an interesting band, a mix of metal, punk and electronica all rolled into one. Their first full album, A Call to the Void, is due to drop on the 25th of August, and they've released two songs recently. Horror Show is a pendulum drum and bass sounding emo banger, and Party on My Deathbed is an electro-rock assault of sound with a rapt middle eight. They're an exciting band from Manchester who've been around for a few years now, but seem to be moving into the big leagues. Definitely ones to watch. Kent pop-punk band Smile Wide have released two singles recently that are well worth a listen to. Shine and Reasons both show off the band's melodic musicality and the gruff, almost grungy delivery of vocalist and guitarist James Faced, which sets them apart from a lot of other pop-punk bands. They're good guys too. Go and find them now. Smile Wide. 80s synth-pop legends The Pet Shop Boys released a five-track EP called Lost on the 14th of April, which is a bit hit and miss if I'm totally honest. All the songs mix political and social commentary with danceable beats. 
The opening tracks, The Lost Room and I Will Fall are probably the best songs on the album, and the least political. Skeletons in the Closet is where things go a bit wonky, with some interesting lyrics let down by a pretty terrible drum sound and a staccato, dated sounding synth. Kaputnik is where it all starts to go very strange, though I do quite like the fact that Neil Tennant is pole-axing Vladimir Putin. It sounds like a song written by a jilted lover, but really seems to be from the Russian dictator's point of view, lamenting the loss of certain former Soviet countries and threatening them with war. It's actually quite a good song now that I think about it. Finally, Living in the Past is a slow piano ballad full of nostalgic yearning and again seems to be from the point of view of a man who craves power and wants to be remembered in the same light as previous rulers and even possibly warlords. Clever stuff. Essex ska punk band Death of Guitar Pop have released another single called First In Last Out about that guy down the pub who's full of outlandish stories of his past but is always just sat at the bar all day. Swedish garage punks The Hives are back with the first single from their new album The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons which is due for release on the 11th of August. The song is called Bogus Operandi and sees the band get back to basics with distortion laden riffs. The song is easily the heaviest sounding track the Hives have made in a good few years. I love it, and the gory video that goes along with it, go and check that out. Queens of the Stone Age are also releasing a new album in June called In Time's New Roman. On the 10th of May they released the track Emotion Sickness and on first listen I thought it was a bit subpar and a mess, which is unusual for me not to be totally on board with one of their songs. It sounded to me like three songs cut together. But the more I've listened to it, I've grown to appreciate the fractured grooves and have tuned into it. I'm not a Josh Homme apologist, I just like the music his band makes. The second track was also released called Carnivoyer, which really is a bit of a dull slog. Odd that these are the choices for singles ahead of the album so far. London pop punk's Lucky Hit, who changed their name from Keep Summer Safe recently, have released their first song under their new moniker. Obvious Sucker is written specifically to be listened to loud, driving in your car on a hot summer's day. These guys are super entertaining to watch, so keep an eye open for them playing in a town near you. The Pretenders are releasing their 12th album in September called Relentless and have released the track Let the Sun Come In in May which seems to be about refusing to give in and grow old, which I quite like. Tenacious D has released a country rock song called Video Games about the fact that Jack Black doesn't play video games that much anymore except God of War, Fallout 4 and Red Dead Redemption 2, which he calls an incredible journey through old American history and compares to Shakespeare. At the end he says, that's the one, it's on the album, perhaps hinting at a new album in the works. They've also added to their recent run of cover songs with an irreverent version of Chris Isaac's Wicked Game, which is both very good and very funny. Slipknot frontman Corey Taylor has released the song Beyond from his forthcoming third album, CMF2, which he'll be releasing in September. Beyond is a hard rock song that's much more melodic than his work with his main band, and different again from Stone Sour. It's got a really catchy pre-chorus and chorus. Go and check it out. He's got a great voice. Gypsy Punk's Gogo Bordello have teamed up with a number of artists to release the song United Strike Back. 
Having some members from Ukraine themselves, this is an anti-war song featuring Jello Biafra, Green Day drummer Trey Cool, Fugazi bassist Joe Lally, Agnostic Front's Roger Mire, guitarist Monty Pittman, Sasha Zaritska of Ukrainian band Kazka, and New York punk duo Puzzle Panther. Australian drum and bass act Pendulum have released a new single called Halo featuring metal band Bullet For My Valentine, which to be fair, doesn't exactly push their sound forward, but I'm not sure I want Pendulum to change because I love their formula. It works for me even though I don't go to clubs where they be played anymore, or nightclubs in general for that matter. This will go down very well with the download crowd, just like their previous efforts, especially the track they had with In Flames on Pendulum's 2011 album Immersion. And now for some album reviews. Paramore's sixth album, This Is Why, was released on the 10th of February and shows a move back to guitars from the synth pop of the last album, After Laughter. But instead of returning to their pop-punk roots, Paramore have made an album influenced by post-punk indie bands from the UK like Block Party and Foles. While the album starts off fine, with This Is Why in the news, it begins to get a bit irksome by track 4's Say Comme Ça, and tiresome by track 5, Big Man Little Dignity. Things pick up a bit from track 6 where Hayley seems to remember she can actually sing with range, and the angular guitars get their edges sanded off a little. I especially like the low tempo song Liar. Although nothing will beat the early albums for me, Paramore is a band that's always sung about angst. This is why is just the grown up version of angst for 30 somethings. The Isle of Wight's Grade 2 released their self titled fourth album on the 17th of February, and it's an absolute belter. Finally, there's a modern UK band that can stand shoulder to shoulder with some of the biggest punk bands out there like Rancid or Anti Flag. No surprise really as they're signed to Tim Armstrong's Hellcat label, and you can hear the influence of the rancid frontman running through this album like a stick of rock. That's not to say they've changed their style to sound like a rancid ripoff, they've honed their sound from rough and ready oi punk to something more melodic and tight. They walk both worlds, and the lyrics include some brilliant working class punk social commentary and slices of life. Standout tracks for me include Brassic, Fast Pace, Under the Streetlight and Midnight Ferry, but I wouldn't say there's a duffer among the 15 tracks that make up this brilliant album by an incredible band. I can't wait to see them supporting Rancid this summer. Perhaps I'll see you there. Another amazing UK punk band, The Mefs, released their Broken Britain Part 2 EP on the 24th of February. They're also signed to a US punk label owned by a frontman, Fat Mike of No Effects's Bottles to the Ground, an imprint of his Fat Records. The Essex two-piece are equally as blistering and angry as Grade 2, with catchy sing-along choruses to songs with titles including No Future, Dead in the City and War. It's an exciting time to be into UK punk right now. Oh, and did I mention the EP was produced by Frank Turner? It was. Another band that released an album on the 24th of February was Obey Robots, a project between Laura Kidd, better known as Pen Friend, and Rat from Ned's Atomic Dustbin, who were brought together by Miles Hunt of The Wonder Stuff. Their album, One in a Thousand, is a mixture of beautifully played 90s Britpop guitar by Rat and more beautifully sung lyrics by Kidd, who also has a killer bass sound. 
It's quite indie-ish, but with a slight punk edge. What's great is that the album made it to number 14 in the UK album charts, despite being completely independently produced and released on Kid's own Big Sister record label, using only word of mouth and social media shares. Massive congratulations on that achievement. You really shouldn't sleep on this album. It's brilliant. One in a thousand by Obey Robots. Wigan-based indie band The Lathams released their second album, From Nothing to a Little Bit More, on the 3rd of March. Much is expected from a band that goes to number one in the charts with their debut album, and their formula hasn't changed all that much on this album, which is probably why it too went in at number one. It's packed full of well-written songs that are either celebratory, mournful or both, that evoke bands like the Beautiful South, the Coral, the Smiths and Arctic Monkeys, but with the odd face-melting guitar solo. There are some great tracks on this album, including Struggle and Facets, but it's almost a bit too slick, and some of the songs are quite similar. Why fix what isn't broken, I guess? They're a great young band, though, and clearly have a future ahead of them. Sleaford Mod's 12th album, UK Grim, was released on the 10th of March, and though it shows another step forward in sonic scope, nothing much else has changed. Repetitive beats by Andrew Fern provide the framework upon which Jason Williamson can spew his vitriolic musings on the state of the nation, the internet, posers and politicians. But why would their songs change if the government is as useless as it's ever been, and times are still shit for the 99%? Two guest vocalists appear on UK Grimm. The first is Florence Shaw from the post-punk band Dry Cleaning, who lends an aggressively deadpan delivery on the song Force 10 from Navarone. But the most surprising one is on the track So Trendy, where Jane's addiction frontman Perry Farrell plays the part of a gym bro whose followers only know him and his squiggly veins through a filter while he contemplates getting a mushroom haircut and a cross earring. Truly bizarre. Once again, Sleaford mods prove how essential they are as a voice ranting against the status quo of the grimness of the UK right now. On the 24th of March, synth rockers Depeche Mode released their 15th studio album called Memento Mori. This is the first album they've released after the untimely death of Andy Fletcher. I'm not an aficionado of Depeche Mode. You should go and listen to Brian and Sarah discussing the album and their love for the boys from Basildon over on the Permanent Record podcast for that. But I have to say this is a pretty good one. The songs Ghost Again and Wagging Tongue are worth the price of admission alone in my view, and Ghost Again has certainly caught the attention of the nation's radio stations as I hear it played quite often on a number of stations here, which must be a first for Depeche Mode for a good few decades. There are some really gothy, industrial songs on here too, some of which outstay their welcome a bit. Like bizarrely, the album opener, My Cosmos Is Mine, an odd choice for an introduction to an album in my view. Overall, I like the album, though I think I'll be skipping a few songs here and there if I listen to it again. A new band to me, Australian punk band Frenzel Rom released their 10th album, The Cup of Pestilence, on the 7th of April, and I have no idea how I've managed to overlook this band. It's fast and funny in equal measure, with track titles including Where Drug Dealers Take Their Kids, Dead Man's Underpants, I Think My Neighbour Is Planning To Kill Me, Old Mate Neck Tattoo, and Thought It Was Yoga But It Was Ketamine. But it's not all yucks. 
there's a fair amount of social commentary, a good dollop of heavy metal influence, including the artwork, plus some absolutely incredible guitar solos. Fans of No Effects will definitely enjoy this album. Plus, at 19 tracks, only three of which are over two minutes long, the Cup of Pestilence provides ultimate bang for your buck. At the other end of the scale comes 72 Seasons, Metallica's 11th studio album which clocks in at a staggering 77 minutes, with the opening title track being 7 minutes and 39 seconds long, with an intro of a minute and a half before James Hetfield's vocal crash in. Metallica are a band I like a few songs of, but have never really spoken to me. Their fans are usually pretty horrific gatekeeping arseholes, which tends to put me off. And over the years, Metallica themselves haven't done much for their own image in that area either. What struck me about the singles coming out before this album is that it sounded to me like the band have rediscovered their early thrashy sound, which was intriguing. The reality is though that I can really only listen to Metallica one or two songs at a time, especially when they're so long. I've never been a massive fan of long songs and some of the tracks on 72 seasons go on and on and on. If they could just get rid of one or two choruses and breaks, most of the songs could clock in closer to 4 minutes and would almost halve the length of the entire album. That said, in this world of pop and even some rock bands starting to write for the algorithm with choruses up front, it's kind of nice to hear songs that take their time. And every song has at least one interesting part in it. Can you tell I'm a bit torn on this album? Let me know what you think. Some more shameless self-promotion. On the 19th of April, another band I play in called Swamp Stomper finally released an album that we'd recorded back in 2021. And we called it just that, finally. It's available pretty much everywhere you can stream music and is much more of a rock and roll punk outfit than high frequency, so it'll appeal to fans of bands like Dead Daisies, Lords of the New Church and The Wild Hearts. Check it out and let me know what you think. A band few people will have probably heard of, but are definitely on the rise, a Nottingham-based horror punk band Headstone Horrors. They seem to have lightened the tone a little bit for their third self-titled album, though it's no less intense. I first became aware of them when they supported Swamp Stomper in some punk rock pub in Kent back in the pre-pandemic times. Since then they've gone on to appear at Rebellion Festival and will be playing at Punk Rock Holiday in Slovenia this summer. Every track on Headstone Horrors is played at breakneck speed, but with really clear, precise musicianship, and Natalie's vocals cut through it all with melody or vitriol where required, but always with energy. I hope one day to catch Headstone Horrors live again, no doubt I'll be supporting them this time, or will simply just be in the audience. Fans of early AFI will lap this band's back catalogue up, although my favourite track on the album is Silence Loves My Company, where they sound much more like a melodic rancid, with the song's bouncing bass line and anthemically instantly sing-along chorus. Punk legends The Damned released their 12th studio album, Darkadelic, on the 28th of April, not long after the original lineup reunited for a tour in 2022. This current lineup are looking to the future now, with an album that sounds incredibly fresh, both Dave Vanian and Captain Sensible sound in incredible form on this record, 
and as much as it sounds like a typically gothic damned album, referencing Universal Monsters characters, The Invisible Man, or with track titles like Wake the Dead, as well as lush, melodic musicality, there's a real sense of urgency and youthful energy to Darkadelic. For example, Beware of the Clown appears to be about the Conservative government, and perhaps specifically Boris Johnson, especially obvious if you've seen the video. Follow Me is a merciless takedown of celebrity culture, and the ferocious leader of the gang is a thinly veiled account of Gary Glitter's fall from grace. How amazing that a band from the 70s, one of the original punk bands, is still turning out music of this quality and this kind of energy today, some 40 years later. And now something completely different, in fact hip-hop. A friend of mine, Daniel Sun, released a new album called Red October on the 5th of May. He's an independent artist who is probably best described as conscious hip-hop. And on the album, Daniel Sun rails against the government, social media personalities that spout hate like Daniel Tate, and rappers he disrespects. Daniel Sun describes his album as a product of rising living costs and record profits for the rich. This project is peppered with knockout punches and harsh truths throughout. Sure enough, one of my favourite things about Daniel Sun's music is his way with words. There are multiple points in each song where you're made to think about serious issues on the back of a seemingly throwaway couplet, or you laugh out loud at the wit put into a takedown. There's a direct line that can be drawn between punk and hip-hop, especially this brand of hip-hop, and Daniel Sun is right up there with the best in my opinion, even if he is completely obsessed with Coronation Street and EastEnders. Regardless, he walks the walk as well as talk the talk. Support your independent artists. Boston Celtic punk outfit Dropkick Murphys have released their second album of Woody Guthrie penned songs after This Machine Still Kills Fascists back in September 2022. This one is called Okamar Rising and for all intents and purposes is the same as the last album, in the Dropkick Murphys have decided to take unrecorded or unreleased Woody Guthrie lyrics and put music to them, with the blessing of the Guthrie estate. As such, it's less of a novelty than the first album, which also means that it's less impactful, dare I say boring. The interesting and slightly shocking thing about the albums though is how much of Guthrie's writing from nearly 100 years ago are still pertinent today, and the songs are great. I just miss Al Barr's voice working to complement Ken Casey's, and I also miss the pure energy of a fully electric song from one of my all-time favourite bands. They could really do with mixing the acoustic stuff with electric, and maybe stick a nasty song in between the yearning for better times stuff, in the same way the Pogues did to keep the interest up on their albums. I kind of hope the Dropkick Murphys are not going to make this a trilogy. 43 years since the release of the Selector's seminal debut album Too Much Pressure, the veteran two-tone band is releasing its 16th album, Human Algebra, which features a great set of hard-hitting tracks in the Selector's inimitable style. The songs tackle many aspects of modern life, from questioning fake news on Big Little Lies, to pointing the finger at keyboard warriors, Armchair Guevara, police brutality on the track Stop Them and Stay Rebel, government corruption and Brexit on Scandalous and Star Fell Out of the Blue, and the scourge of knife crime on Human Algebra. Relationships are also touched upon on the songs Boxing Clever, Depends and Not In Love With Love, 
along with a touching tribute to the late great Ranking Roger from The Beat, called Parade the Crown. Though the selector has mainly flown under the radar since the early 1980s, they're still able to crank out some solid music with heart, soul and social consciousness at its centre, which is an uplifting thing to be sure. The Foo Fighters' 11th studio album, But Here We Are, is the first to be released since the death of drummer Taylor Hawkins 15 months ago. Dave Grohl performed and recorded the drums in his place on this album. Grohl's mother also passed away in 2022, though that was only announced recently. Four singles, Rescued, Under You, Show Me How and The Teacher were released ahead of the album which is front-loaded with musically upbeat music more in the vein of the early albums in the Foo Fighters' career. But the album had originally been planned as a more prog-rock record, and the second half of the album certainly ticks some boxes from that brief. Some of the songs have more varied sonic tones. Track 7, Show Me How, is a five-minute grunge-inspired song featuring a whole song duet between Dave and his daughter Violet. Track 9, The Teacher, takes up a fifth of the album's overall running time, clocking in at 10 minutes and 4 seconds. But it never gets dull as the song has clearly defined sections that almost makes the song feel like a medley. Finally, the closing track, Rest, is the most heart-wrenching song on the album, underscored by its funeral march tempo, as well as the opening description of dressing a body. It's astounding that this album was made at all, let alone this soon after the passing of such huge figures in Grohl's and the band's lives. More so that Grohl has managed to put such beautiful words and music to what must be monumental grief. It's certainly not a perfect album, but it's easily the most consistent and experimental Foo Fighters album in ages, and certainly tugs on the heartstrings. Upping the tempo a bit, Californian punk stalwarts Rancid released their 10th studio album, Tomorrow Never Comes, on the same day as the Foo Fighters. At six years between this and its predecessor Troublemaker, it's the longest gap between albums, and is also the sixth album on the bounce to be produced by Epitaph Records boss and Bad Religion guitarist Brett Gurewitz. The album was preceded by the singles and music videos for Tomorrow Never Comes, Don't Make Me Do It, and Devil in Disguise, and despite containing 16 tracks, is Rancid's shortest album to date at 28 minutes and 47 seconds. There's nothing groundbreaking about Tomorrow Never Comes, Rancid haven't been groundbreaking in a long time, but this is a band at the height of their powers that simply writes huge, fast slabs of punk rock with big choruses, bold tempos and muscular arrangements. This is easily their best album for me since Let the Dominoes Fall, which might not sound like much to a lot of Rancid fans, but I think it's up there as one of their best. I can't wait to see them at Wembley in a few weeks. And now, to have a chat about the future of the podcast. As stated at the beginning of this mammoth episode, things have got on top the last few months, and every day that went by without writing, recording and posting an episode made it more daunting to start the process up again. But I'm hoping to get things back on track. I'm talking with a bunch of people about interviews, but what I really want to do is get back to the documentaries that I started out this journey doing, and which have historically got the bigger audiences than any of the interview episodes I've released. 
so I plan to get back to that even if it means bigger gaps between the episodes in future. However, to kickstart things, the next episode is going to be an interview episode with guitarist Chris Swinney from the pop-punk supergroup Fire Sale, who have a new video out in a few days, so that'll be with you very soon. Thank you so much if you've remained subscribed over the last few months. If you could do me a massive favour and make a bit of noise on socials about me coming back, that'd be much appreciated. Perhaps you could also tell some friends who are fans of music to give it a listen. That'd be brilliant as well. But until next time, look after yourselves, pick someone up if they fall down, and see you in the pit. Music